Welcome to Mic Drop Events, where we help you create events that people love. We believe that boring is brutal, quality is crucial, and remarkable events will take your business to the next level. We are here. It's a live recording of our podcast uh, for Mic Drop Events, which uh, we put the video recordings, which this won't be one, but it go on YouTube and then everywhere else goes on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, pretty much everywhere that you can find a podcast. And so uh, we're here talking I'm with Crystal. We're talking about the hybrid audience experience. And uh, it's uh, fun doing this in Clubhouse Crystal because uh, Michael F., who's in the audience, he, he asked me the question, a couple of questions, how he thinks it's interesting, the hybrid versus live stream, which we talked about, but then also understanding like your audience and who's like your ideal audience. And it's interesting. I actually saw the other day, Crystal, and I don't know how you feel about this, but I saw the other day that there was an uh, an event that was happening, and it was if you were attending in person, it was a paid ticket, but they were streaming parts of the event online for free, which to me almost feels like like one of the the one of the the events that I feel like that's a hybrid event that we can think about and consider is a Super Bowl type experience, right? Because the Super Bowl, I mean, the tickets go for what, like $2,500, $3,500 for like a basic seat. But then they stream it online. There's things that you get to do at the stadium that you can't do when you're like hanging out at home with your friends, right? So they are technically streaming it online to TV, to other locations. And so we're there with our friends eating buffalo chicken dip, but we're not at the game, but we still get to watch it if we have either a TV subscription or someone else has one, right? And it's interesting because then even like if you're in the stands of a football game and I haven't been to the Super Bowl, but I can imagine what it's like because I've been in other football games. When you're there, they do things on the field that you don't get to see, like they might celebrate certain people when they go to a commercial break at home. So there's these differences that they're thinking for. And then there's also a difference in like announcers. You might have kind of a play by play that's happening while you're watching it at home with your friends. But when you're in the stadium, you're watching it. So there's there might be someone who like recaps that says first and 10 by this person, but they're not giving a play-by-play kind of thing. So I'd love to hear, is there any kind of thing that you see, Crystal? Um, like, is there any anything that you've seen that's like a Super Bowl type of thing that you've been like, oh yeah, like that's something that we could learn from as far as it goes for a hybrid experience? I think that Super Bowl example is excellent, and I, I could totally visualize it, and I know exactly what you mean by what's happening with your in-person experience versus your uh, your your streamed version, like if you're watching it on TV. But, but it's so funny because I'll be honest with you, as much as I enjoy li- a live football game, I think it much better um, at home. No, because when I'm at, when I'm at, well, I don't do a lot of football, but I do basketball and I, you know, I go to the basketball games and I'm, you know, sometimes I'm just kind of like, wait, what happened? Did I miss that? And, you know, I'm getting the, for, you know, the foul ball da, 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 da. and I'm like, I really needed that like whole football, that whole like, um, you know, over um, caster, broadcaster, giving me the whole like rundown of like what happened and, and everything like that. I actually kind of like that. And, um, and so it's, it's kind of funny. 
Um, now, baseball, on the other hand, I actually prefer in person versus um, being on television, or in this case, we would refer to it as being live stream because I, I, I'm more engaged in baseball if I'm in person than I am on television. But that's just a little quirk about me and not to digress into sports. But I do think that your Super Bowl example, it was an excellent one of how that could really work very effectively. So that the audience experience is appropriate for where they are located. Um, the one thing I think I would like to maybe just, you know, touch on about that particular example, if it's okay, is about pricing. So pricing of live stream events versus hybrid events is one that people have, you know, different conversations about. So is it the same price? one lesser or, or more. And just from a production standpoint, I find that, you know, putting on a hybrid event is the same, if not more expensive than doing a live event. And so if you're thinking about the cost of the, t how do you share that cost across the you know, the various audiences to make sure that their experience and their ticket price are appropriate for what they're receiving. So my question is, how do you price a live versus hybrid event appropriately when the cost of doing a hybrid event, from my experience, seems to be equal, if not higher, than the cost of putting together an in-person event when done well? Yeah, this is Sean. Uh, Crystal, I think that's an amazing question. And I think it relates to something that Michael was asking me when he was sending me a, a couple of direct messages. He asked about like, what is the ideal hybrid attendee? And I think, Crystal, to your point, I think it depends upon the level. Number one, I think it depends upon who it is, right? So when I've been helping our clients think through like their event strategy, there's really two people that you need to try to reach with your events. It's on, and it, there's only two types of audiences. There is either your client and there's your team, right? So we go back to the Super Bowl example to kind of analyze that. Everyone that's watching the two teams play are their clients, their fans, right? It's the people who are buying their merchandise. It's the people that are buying tickets to the games, that are getting season tickets, that are buying season um, passes and going to these like behind the scenes types events. So the actual event itself is for the fans. And then sometimes maybe the teams, like they'll get together. For example, we did an event for the Atlanta Falcons. It was with Arthur Blank, who owns the Falcons, and he's a co-founder of the Home Depot. So he um, uh, owns the Falcons, and he did this kind of a gala where it was celebrating the end of the season with some of the leaders and some of the players. And it was also honoring a couple of the players who had done some really cool stuff off the field through volunteering and those kinds of things. And so that would be, uh, there. there's a difference there. So number one is uh, you have to think about who your audience is. So let's say, for, let's go down the route. If you're a corporation and you're doing an event for your team, right? I think it's important to ask the question of, well, what is the cost of not having my team be able to attend this event if they can't be there in person? If the answer is it's pretty high, and it's really important because, and I would argue that yes, like cult, company culture is super important. So should you do an in-person audience where you've got, 
I don't know what, what constitutes a hybrid event. Is it six people in the room with you and then everyone else, a hundred people are watching online or is it, um, or is it, uh, you've got a hundred people in the room and there's six people watching online. So that's another debate for another time. But then, um, there's another group that we're helping plan a, they're not doing a hybrid event. What they're doing is they're doing an in-person event and then they're doing an online event. And so the, what they sell is the huge pieces of machinery and one contract for a customer is a really big deal. Yeah, I mean, I'm talking about like hundreds of thousand dollars for one piece of machinery. And so I think that we have to, as event planners, we have to help our um, clients. So if, if you're listening to this and maybe you're an executive assistant to a CEO, or maybe you're an advisor to a nonprofit, you have to think through, well, what is the ROI that we're looking for? And does it constitute the amount of money that we have to spend for the hybrid event? Because you're right, like doing an in-person event and then adding on some form of streaming and the ability to interact, you've got to bring in technology. You got to bring in the people that know how to do the technology. And then especially if you're at a hotel, one of the beefs that I have right now kind of with hotels, is the amount of money they charge for internet. <laughs> That's a whole nother conversation also. So um, I don't know if you have any thoughts or questions based upon that crystal. Cause I, I thought that was a really good question. What do you, what do you think? I want to hand you the microphone. Well, what, so I thought that was a really great example of, you know, an external um, experience where you're focused on the client ROI. Um, and for that, I think, you know, my belief is that there's value in your clients. And so sometimes you do have to make that investment to really continue to present them the optimal experience if you know that that is going to continue to nurture the relationship. So um, I think, uh, like, you know, to your point, you just have to determine that for you. But I think where the other um, the other flip side is with your internal audience. So with your employees. So is it, you know, a situation where it's like, okay, we normally do this national sales meeting or this summit or something of that nature. And it's kind of like, oh, you know, this retreat, is this something that's necessary for us to really bring in all of these extra people? Because when before when we were live, we had a lot of different affiliate staff or, or that could participate in this event because, you know, we're local in the city and, you know, giving them half day out of the office to attend certain sessions and keynotes that we think would be helpful um, as, you know, continuing education for their particular roles, but not necessarily that they're a direct participant in the entire conference or event was necessary. Sometimes, you know, that's great, but to create a specific adjunct experience for that to be hybrid for someone who's not directly invested in it may be a, a cost that the company might say, eh, maybe not this time. H however, I'll go back to that sales award ceremony that I was mentioning to you. Um, and so we were not at all involved in the virtual production. The client had said that they had that taken care of. So we were just doing the, the on-site part and just making sure to certain points of check-in, but as far as what they had created with the agenda and everything for the live stream portion, we was independent of us. 
But I will tell you in that case, when I'm thinking about my internal audience, my employees, particularly people who are in sales or marketing, um, especially your sales team, who a lot of times are extrinsically motivated because they are high achievers, they're looking for those accolades, they're looking for those bonuses and commissions, they're working towards those things, they want to be recognized. And so you know, if you have to take into consideration cost and you're thinking, hmm, maybe we don't necessarily do this particular summit, but do we continue to have our national sales meeting or do we continue or do we allow the teams to meet individually and just really have the leadership get together and then just disseminate that information down? Or do we bring everyone together like we normally do? Um, I think that that's something to definitely be considered. But for like a sales awards, I just feel like that particular group or team within an organization that is driving the sales and your your bottom line, your top line revenue for the organization, I feel like they would feel that they were missing out if you did not make it um, something that was amenable for everyone, where everyone is included. Um, and even for, um, especially for those that create, that made those achievements. And then for those that may have worked really hard and maybe not quite hit that mark this year, but are still extremely motivated, you know, just being like, Hey, next year, I'm going to be the one on that stage. I'm not going to be the one stuck here in my house, you know, dressed from the waist up in a tuxedo in Nebraska when I could have been down there in Key West at the Ritz Carlton walking across that stage, that's going to be me. And then that, you know, that particular employee is even more motivated for the next year. So I think that a lot of times that would be something that I would, you know, definitely consider is, you know, one, to your point, your external audience versus your internal audience, and then two, the ROI for both. And what does that look like? And for me, the sales team, I would, I would vote hands down every day. <laughs> yes, whatever you were doing for your sales team before the pandemic, keep doing it now. So that's just my two cents. <laughs> well, that was probably more like 10 cents, but that's my. <laughs> I love it. I love it. I'll take all that the pocket change you got, Crystal. That was awesome. <laughs> the 10 cents, the two cents. Um, well, and uh, I really like what you, what one thing that you were starting to lead into, which is uh, reinvesting in the event in different ways. And so one thing um, that uh, you made me think of when you were describing like the person who's sitting in Nebraska, but they want to be elsewhere. And we talked about also like the ROI of a hybrid event is like, let's say, for example, you've got 2000 people that you're trying to get together and maybe you can only get 50 of them in the room and then the rest are going to be online. Well, obviously you're saving on flights, you're saving on hotel, you're saving on catering, you might be saving on hotel space, that kind of thing, like in the ballrooms. So if you could take that money and reinvest in the hybrid experience where you add maybe like you add 25% of that budget to AV to in order to interact with the people that are going to be online or even 50% and then the other 50% of that money you take and you reinvest into the hybrid experience which would be like gifts and giveaways. What if you can give someone who's in Nebraska a like a box of sand that they can dump into like a piece of like a plastic tub and they can put their feet in the sand and they can pretend like they're in Florida and send them like a margarita or something like that and say, Hey, we wish that you were here. Everyone like, and here's the thing is that people, people get it. 
right? They understand too, like you have to make hard decisions a lot of times and say, look, we can't bring you in for um, safety reasons, for security reasons. We don't want to expose you. you, or they make hard decisions themselves. They might opt out of coming to your event. And so reinvesting that, that kind of money into different elements for your event would, would be amazing. And personally, I think that there's a lot of interaction that can be done between the on per the in-person and the online events. So that person in Nebraska versus that person in Florida. And one of my favorite ones right now is there's this free, I don't know if you've ever heard of this crystal. Have you heard of uh, Mentimeter, M-E-N-T-I-M-E-T-E-R? Have you heard of that before? Okay. Well, I, I just I discovered have, it. Yes. So if you're listening to this, if you're in the audience here on Clubhouse, or if you're listening to the recording of this on our podcast, um, you can go to, I, I'm not getting paid for this. It's not a paid promotion, although it should be at this point. I'm talking about it enough. Uh, but Mentimeter is this great system. It's uh, mentimeter.com. And what you can do is it allows you to create these cool slides that you can use for digital presentations. And then you can do word clouds. You can do polling. You can do charts where people are submitting uh, like their preferences. And it's this really cool way to interact. And the cool thing about stuff like that is that if you're sitting in a ballroom, you can pull out your phone and go to it. If you're sitting at home on your computer, you can pull out like your another tab and go to it or your phone and go to it also. And everybody can interact together. Crystal, do you have a, a favorite way that gets an audience interaction that would might be so an alternative to Mentimeter or something different that you've seen or done that would be helpful for an, a hybrid experience? Yeah, so I like Mentimeter and it's interesting because I know the founder and president of a company called Candid Cup, and I told him recently that he was so far ahead of his time, but he had developed software where um, at a center, for example, um, you could, you know, scan a QR code or people could text their, um, text the number and pull up and, and get like, you know, immediate access to this kind of interactive polling that could be shared live uh, with live experiences. Um, they could also, for example, you know, put a QR code anywhere. And this technology, which is now being used in present day very, very rapidly, right? You go to a restaurant, it's like, pull out your, your phone and scan the QR code and here's the menu so you don't have to touch the paper or, you know, things like that now. Like he was doing this you know, more than, um, I don't know exactly when the company was, was founded, but this was technology that I was working with him on, um, more than 10 years ago. And one of the really popular ways it was being implemented back then was like in hotels. And I think we've all probably at some point in our lives seen, you know, uh, whether we be at a restaurant or a hotel where there was like the question that says, you know, how's, you know, how's the, the cleanliness level, you know, scan this QR code, send this text message. And in real time, it would be giving feedback to like the housekeeping manager or, uh, you know, whatever staff and things like that. And this was technology that was patented and he created years and years ago that now is just being used rampantly. But, um, you know, so the Mentimeter kind of reminds me of that type of interaction that wasn't as, you know, back then it was like, whoa, this is really innovative. And now it really almost seems necessary to create these points of engagement with the audience, especially where you have the in-person and the remote person being able to 
weigh in on the same question, give the same feedback and get that real time. But um, to answer your question of some others that I've seen, I think a lot of times I I really like to see this with icebreaker questions or maybe um, going into breakout sessions where you have the um and the, the name of the software that I'm thinking of is slipping my mind at the moment, but I will research it while we're on this, um, while we're on the call. But where, for example, let's say you ask the question like, where's everybody come? Where's everybody from? You know, um, who traveled the furthest? And even those remote people, like who lives the furthest? And they can literally type that in and have like a, a word collage um, that kind of all appears and you see the Orlando and the Nebraska and the Paris and the Australia and the Beijing and, you know, the, you know, the, uh, you know, Los Angeles, et cetera. They're all kind of populating on, on this board and everyone's kind of seeing in real time where it is. And it's, you know, like a word collage. And another way I've seen it really, you know, used really um, popularly is with creating motivating teams where maybe you're trying to develop your vision statement or a mission statement for a company, or maybe what's our mission statement for this year. Um, and then having everybody be able to chime in on, you know, what are, what's, what's the word that you feel most exemplifies what you would like to see from us, you know, this year, or, you know, what, what word motivates you when you think about results? Um, you know, it's this things like that. And then just to see from both the live and remote audience, these words coming together, and then to be able to, um, you know, really synthesize that into like a, a mission or vision statement, and then to see the similarities across the team and which words are coming up most frequently, and just really seeing where people are aligned, I think is a really cool tool. So very similar to the live presentation, but just the the word collage tool, um, I think has been something that I have found uh, or seen used really well and creates that um, an atmosphere or an environment of collaboration That's for both cool. of those audiences. Cool. Yeah. The word collages I think are this really cool product that you can also gift to people afterwards. Like if you have a public speaker on stage, um, you could do a keynote talk and then at the end you could do this interactive element or even at some point, like between segments during a break or something and where people submit words for like, did that, what was inspiring or what was educational, what was informational or how did that go? Like, how did they do? And then that can be a really cool gift for that public speaker afterwards. So that's definitely, um, I, I love that, that tip there. So um, I'm excited to learn what it is. You're going to have to research it and, and let us all know. Um, well, Crystal, uh, it's been so fun hanging out with you. Um, it's now 4.43 Eastern time. Um, as we record this live and clubhouse and crystal, I'm just so thankful that you joined this, um, joined us here today. And if you're uh, listening to the recording of this, crystal is a digital strategist, a virtual events producer and online business manager. And uh, she's an innovator as well as the founder of PropelCon. You can go to propelcon.com to find her. You can also uh, find her on social media. Her business Instagram is at PropelCon, So that's P R O. P-A-L-C-O-N. And she's just an amazing uh, person to connect with and incredibly intelligent with all things technology and events. So Crystal, any this is Mic Drop Events. We're recording live uh, Mic Drop Events for the podcast. Is there a Mic Drop statement or a thought or something that you can leave our listeners with 
uh, before we shut the room down here in Clubhouse and we stop recording for our podcast. Well, I'm not the originator of this statement, but this statement means so much. And that is, if you can't do great things, do small things great. And my takeaway from that is that you can be a leader and make an impact where you are. And that is the, the, and you know, I think you've heard me say this before, Sean, about the ripple effect, because those small things make great waves. So be great where you are. Um, so and good. So great good. I love happen. that crystal. So one more time, if I heard this correctly, it was, if you can't do great things, do small things. Great. That was, that was awesome. That was 25 cents. <laughs> I love it. Well, Crystal, it's been such a pleasure. It's been so fun reconnecting with you here in Clubhouse. And then, uh, Crystal, you and I actually met on Clubhouse uh, months ago, almost maybe a year ago or something. No, maybe not that long, but it's been a while. Yes. Yes, absolutely. Clubhouse has really been a really great way to people and I find that meet people authentically. So you're not necessarily, um, you're, you know, you're not clouded by pretty Instagram feeds or, you know, fancy presentations and things like that. I think the just being able to it just connect with people voice only allows people to really just share their authentic self. And I think that there's just been some really great connections um, made via um, this, you know, the launching of the Clubhouse app. And I'm so happy that I that I've joined and I'm so happy to have connected with you and just so many others that this has really been a wonderful real, experience. So shout well, out Crystal, to Again, it's been a pleasure. Um, thank you so much for joining us for the recording of Mic Drop Events. If you're listening to this episode of the podcast, we'd be honored if you left us a review. And then if you uh, are new to following or if you're new to knowing Crystal, I'd be encourage you if you're here with us on Clubhouse to give her a follow as well. So Crystal, it's been fun. And let's shut the room down.